We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas, and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. We have just received word that libertarian death squad are taking over. We have come to take our country back. back. Yeah. 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 And also worries that civil war could be on the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. The over of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its citizens not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Go Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you are now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island drywall declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. Hackers affiliated with China's People's Liberation Army have infiltrated critical services here in the U.S. Alexandra Hoff joins us now from our nation's capital. Alex, this is not good. No, it's not. I mean, this infiltration appears to be part of a broader effort to insert chaos into our logistical systems. The information collected could then be weaponized if the U.S. and China were to become engaged directly in the Pacific. According to reporting from The Washington Post, citing multiple U.S. and industry security officials, China's cyber army, army is invading critical U.S. services, like an attempt to break into the system behind Texas's independent power grid. Other victims include a water utility in Hawaii, a West Coast port, and at least one oil and gas pipeline according to that report you're seeing there. Brandon Wells, executive director of the Department of Homeland Security Cybersecurity Agency, told the Washington Post this, quote, It is very clear that Chinese attempts to compromise critical infrastructure are in part to pre-position themselves to be able to disrupt or destroy that critical infrastructure in the event of a conflict to either prevent the United States from being able to project power into Asia or to cause societal chaos inside the United States to affect our decision-making around a crisis. The report notes that over 
over the past year, hackers affiliated with the People's Liberation Army in China have accessed the computer systems of about two dozen critical entities. And if you're familiar with how things have been going in the U.S. financial or banking system recently, uh, things are not in a very good state at all. And regardless of if in you know, if there would be or will be a cyber attack in the near future, um, the banking and financial system in the in the United States is in uh, deep doo doo, right? So, right. Uh, if you're the big banks and the intelligence agencies, you want to avoid what happened after the 2008 economic crisis, where there was unprecedented anger at Wall Street because the whole hope and change Obama uh, psyop essentially is probably not going to work again. So. How do you allow that collapse to happen? Because it has to happen in such a way that the banks and the government are essentially blameless. Well, have a cyber attack happen and you can literally blame any, any nation state or group uh, for that hack. And we know this because of what WikiLeaks published right before Julian Assange was completely silenced and then later uh, arrested and dragged out of the Ecuadorian embassy in London, uh, Vault 7. Uh, which revealed things like the Umbridge program, among other things, that U.S. intelligence and other intelligence agencies that are affiliated with this WEF partnership against cybercrime have the ability uh, to place the fingerprints of any nation-state actor they wish, including Russia, China, Iran, and really North Korea, any other group uh, as well, uh, not just nation-states, put their fingerprints in a hack they actually commit themselves. And this is very significant because this offers, you know, these intelligence agencies unprecedented ability to have uh, to conduct false flag operations in the cyber realm. And uh, this group specifically has a lot of solutions aside from, you know, things with the banking system that they cannot really justify implementing unless there is some sort of large cyber attack. So what does the WEF partnership against cybercrime want? Um, they're very open that they want a regulated internet, and they're essentially seeking a policy that was uh, efforts were made to implement during the Obama administration in the U.S. They called it a driver's license for the internet. Um, so essentially what this um, public-private partnership at the WEF is pushing for is for every person's access to the internet to be tied to a digital ID uh, or a government-issued ID, but presumably a digital ID just because of where government-issued ID programs are all uh, going essentially around the world. And the goal of that, of course, if your ID is linked to your internet access, uh, intelligence agencies know exactly what media you are consuming uh, in terms of you know what you read and also what you post online. And that has been the goal for a very, very long time. Um, People aren't necessarily going to consent to that unless uh, they are made to believe that anonymity and privacy online are dangerous. So um, how exactly can you convince people that that needs to happen? Well, you have some sort of event where anonymous hackers um, do something online that causes major disruption globally, and then the consent can be manufactured through fear and panic, as, as is often done, uh, that anonymity and privacy needs to be eliminated, that we need to know exactly who is doing what online to prevent a calamity of that scale from ever happening again. And this is the exact solution that these guys have been cooking for a very long time, and the intelligence agencies involved are Israeli intelligence, British intelligence, and then the U.S. Secret Service, uh, FBI, and Department of Justice. And you have several of the biggest uh, banks in the country, like Bank of America, 
um, involved directly with this group, as well as major U.S. tech companies like Microsoft and Amazon uh, partnered with all of this. And uh, this is exactly what they're seeking, and they have all the tools to allow something like this uh, to happen. And when you have the fact that some of these actors want a, re a war where the U.S., for example, goes to war with Iran, among other things, and they have the ability to attribute um, you know, cyber attacks of any scale to any entity at all. And uh, this is a big problem because when these alleged hacks take place, whether it's blamed on Russia, Iran, or China, the headline will blame these countries. But if you actually read the article itself, they don't actually have the evidence to make that case. They say, we believe it's this country um, or that it's a group affiliated with this country. And their reasoning ranges from, you know, they'll say things like we have medium probability that it's, you know, they're tied to Iran and, you know, all these, um, you know, uh, phrases that show that they don't actually have evidence. And then there's an effort to manufacture consent um, potentially for military action based on based on all of this stuff. So it's definitely very alarming and people should be paying attention to it when you consider that you have the biggest banks involved, the biggest intelligence agencies, um, and some of the biggest tech companies in the world. And another thing that this WEF group is, is seeking um, is for uh, banks, banking regulators and intelligence agencies to essentially fuse their operations under the guise of cybersecurity. And the more you think about that, the more insane it is. Welcome back to an unfolding story in real time. China's been getting real fucking ballsy from attacking Australian Navy, naval officers doing a, a practice, all the way up to Taiwan Strait. Ta China's been making big fucking moves. And here we go with a story that is currently, as of time recording, still unfolding and still happening in the US in real time. America under attack. China's cyber army hackers infiltrate key U.S. infrastructure. <clears throat> Art article by Jamie White. Now, this article started and originally came out on December 11th, and let's continue on. Hackers, hackers affiliated with China's People's Liberation Army have launched a cyber attack on the U.S. power and water utilities, communications, and transportation systems. The Chinese military has infiltrated critical U.S. infrastructure in an effort to sow chaos on America's systems. Hackers affiliated with China's People's Liberation Army, PLA, have targeted the U.S. power and water utilities, communication and transportation systems, according to the government and security officials. We have a tweet here from Benny. America under attack. Chinese China hackers infiltrate key U.S. servers, services, power grid. Let's watch this clip. Hackers affiliated with China's People's Liberation Army have infiltrated critical services here in the U.S. Alexandra Hoff joins us now from our nation's capital. Alex, this is not good. No, it's not. I mean, this infiltration appears to be part of a broader effort to insert chaos into our logistical systems. The information collected could then be weaponized if the U.S. and China were to become engaged directly in the Pacific. According to reporting from The Washington Post, citing multiple U.S. and industry security officials, China's cyber army, army is invading critical U.S. services, like an attempt to break into the system behind Texas's independent power grid. Other victims include a water utility in Hawaii, a West Coast port, and at least one oil and gas pipeline. 
according to that report you're seeing there. Brandon Wells, executive director of the Department of Homeland Security Cybersecurity Agency, told the Washington Post this, quote, it is very clear that Chinese attempts to compromise critical infrastructure are in part to pre-position themselves to be able to disrupt or destroy that critical infrastructure in the event of a conflict to either prevent the United States from being able to project power into Asia or to cause societal chaos inside the United States to affect our decision-making around a crisis. The report notes that over the past year, hackers affiliated with the People's Liberation Army in China have accessed the computer systems of about two dozen critical entities. All right, moving on. That campaign is meant to disrupt logistical and economic systems in the event of a U.S.-China conflict in the Pacific over Taiwan's, over Taiwan's independence. Pull the microphone a little bit closer here. From the WAPO, urgent. Keep Alex Jones in the fight against NWO. Please pray and contribute. Okay, moving on. Among the victims are a water utility, our water utility in Hawaii, a major West Coast part, and at least one oil and gas pipeline. People, people familiar with the incident, told the WAPO. The hackers also attempted to break into the operator, the operator of Texas's power grid, which operates independently from elect- electrical systems in the rest of the country. Several entities outside the United States, including electrical, electric utilities, also have been victimized by the hackers, said the people who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Because of matters sensitive, because of the matter sensitivity, no one or none of the intrusions affected industrial control systems that operate pumps, pistons, or any critical infrastructure or critical function, or cause a disruption. U.S. officials said, but they said the attention to Hawaii, which is home to the Pacific Fleet and to at least one port as well as logistical center suggests the Chinese military wants the ability to complicate the U.S. efforts to ship troops and equipment to the to the region if a conflict breaks out over Taiwan. You would think the U.S. would have learned not to station much uh, in the ports of Hawaii given history. Yeah, it wasn't exactly a, a secure location before now, was it? From Tony Segura at Tony Segura on X. Breaking. This is an absolute massive Chinese cyber attack on the United States, and it is growing rapidly. Most experts are saying that they have never seen any attack of this magnitude. So what's next? If you read my post, you already know. Let's watch this video real quick. Seems to be a map of the hacking in real time. Seems to be no audio, but there you go. I'm sure someone in the comments is more uh, adept at explaining exactly what this is. Perhaps. Hmm. Alright. The hackers, the hacking effort sheds light on China's cyber army called Volt Typhoon. That was first discovered by the U.S. government earlier this year, according to the Microsoft Threat Intelligence Report published in May. The group was, quote, pursuing development of capabilities that could disrupt critical communications infrastructure between the United States and Asia 
in Asia regions during the future crisis. The state-sponsored Volt Typhoon Group used stealthy programming techniques to target critical communication infrastructure, which affects nearly every major sector in America after Joe Biden took office. Volt Typhoon has been active since mid-2021 and has targeted critical infrastructure organizations in Guam and elsewhere in the United States. In this campaign, the affected organizations span the communications, manufacturing, utility, transportation, and pardon me, <coughs> construction, maritime, government, in uh, information technology, and educational sectors. Wow, that is a massive fucking slew of reach to get involved with. All right. Observed behavior suggests that the threat actor intends to perform espionage and maintain access without being detected for as long as possible. Senator Dan Sullivan, a Republican from Alaska, last week warned China's military has the capabilities to carry out Pearl Harbor-style surprise attacks on the U.S. They absolutely do. That's kind of why I said what I said earlier. Quote, I think we need to be very vigilant, especially now. Xi Jinping, Pooh Bear has stated that he wants to be ready to invade Taiwan by 2027, he said. Quote, so vigilance now is critical. All right, uh, Dan Sullivan is joining us right now. Uh, Senator, what do you make of what he is laying out there? The possibility uh, that the Chinese could do the, the modern-day version of a surprise attack, but this time uh, w with a much... Just much more it. able and massive army, navy, you name it, to make it happen. Um, it sounds imponderous when you hear it, but he, the way he went through the battle systems they've set up and how they could isolate us in, in that region uh, if they wanted yeah. to take over Taiwan and beyond is a little scary. You know, this is not long of a video. I'll actually just go over here, put it in this, and hit play. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The day after the Pearl Harbor attacks 82 years ago that changed the world as we know it and got a reluctant United States, anything but that, into World War II. That was then. The surprise attack is the stuff that has befuddled historians and so many experts since. We have seen other such attacks. Obviously, 9-11 comes to mind. But could any country pulled off what Japan tried to pull off back then? I got the chance to catch up with historian and security expert Harry Kazianis, who has a great column in today's New York Post, where he talks about how China has been patiently waiting for the moment to do something that Japan did, but with a lot more preparation. Because if you think about it, Harry says, the Japanese really had months to prepare for this attack on Pearl Harbor, whereas the Chinese have been doing it for the better part of decades. Take a look. We might be thousands of miles away, but we wouldn't be gone militarily, and it would be a, a back and forth, the likes of which could be ruinous, something that was not the case at the time the Japanese risked going after us to preclude our involvement in the war. What do you think? 
it would be the, the epic struggle of our time. I, I think China right now is an even greater threat than the Soviet Union. When you look, Neil, at just the military capabilities that Chinese have developed over the last two decades, they have stealth fighters, mainly because they stole F-35 and F-22 technology. They have aircraft carriers, powerful aircraft carriers, now almost four. Reason why? They stole technology from a lot of military contractors from the United States. Mm -hmm. They're developing advanced submarines. They're basically stealing our blueprint of military superpower dominance, and they're trying to be able to use it against us if they could in the war. All right, uh, Dan Sullivan is joining us right now. Uh, Senator, what do you make of what he is laying out there? The possibility uh, that the Chinese could do the, the modern-day version of a surprise attack, but this time uh, w with a much more able and massive army, navy, you name it, to make it happen. Um, it sounds ponderous when you hear it, but he, the way he went through the battle systems they've set up and how they could isolate us in, in that region uh, if they wanted yeah. to take over Taiwan and beyond is a little scary. Yeah, Neil, there's no doubt it's scary. And as a country, you know, we always have to be very vigilant for those kind of sneak attacks. I think his broader point, though, is exactly right on. In terms of the correlation of military forces, certainly in the Indo-PACOM region, region um, it is now starting to dramatically favor China. China has the largest navy in the world, a huge air force. And what are we doing right now? The current Biden budget shrinks the army, shrinks the navy, and shrinks the Marine Corps. Next year's Biden budget will have us below 3% of GDP spending on defense. We've only been below 3% of GDP like four, time, four, uh, four or five times, Neil, in the last 70 years. So we're going in the wrong direction. China is undertaking the largest peacetime military buildup in history, and we're cutting our forces. It's a huge challenge. You know, they had done things in a technology sense, Senator, that, that we could never have envisioned. They have the ability right now to knock out a lot of our satellites. Uh, some are suspicious, as is, you know, Harry Kazianis, about what they're doing on the moon. It's very secretive there. So we can, you know, get you paranoid here. Others have seized yeah. on what Harry's been saying and say, well, uh, it's self-destruction. If they go after us and want to surprise attack, they know we'll respond many times folding, and that uh, it will be the same result that, Ch that Japan experienced. I'm not so sure that comparison is, 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 is accurate, but what do you think? Well, here, here's the bigger issue that's the good news. In terms of major strategic advantages over our adversaries, be it Russia or China, we still have great strategic advantages. What are they? We still have an incredibly professional, lethal military. Um, we have energy resources and natural resources that Xi Jinping dreams of. We have an incredible network of allies that are a huge um, uh, source of American strength. We have a very dynamic economy. And we have this, Neil, a commitment to liberty and democracy. Now, that might sound quaint. But as you know, Xi Jinping and Putin and the Ayatollahs in Iran, they fear their own people. That is a huge area that we need to exploit over the years. If we strengthen these areas of comparative advantage, uh, we can take them, but we, are, we shouldn't be undermining them, which is what we're doing in a lot of areas, especially with regard to the military. You know, the, 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 there is a camp of people who worry about the Chinese, uh, you know, starting a war with us uh, because the, the time and the moment is right. Now, a lot of people go back, centers, you know, and say, well, they're in a world of economic hurt right now. Um, a lot of their factories are slowing down. Their real estate is a mess right now. It's crumbling. Uh, so we, we sort of take you know, comfort in that, saying, well, they're too messed up to do anything like that. Is that dangerous? Oh, you look at history and you know this, Neil. When dictators are having problems at home, they often use the, they often divert attention by creating um, uh, overseas invasions by invading their neighbors. So there's a long history of yeah. when things aren't going bad at home that they take it out on their neighbors. So I think we need to be very vigilant, especially now. You know, Xi Jinping has stated he wants to be ready to invade Taiwan by 2027. 
and so uh, vigilance now is critical. And by the way, the best way to have deterrence in the Taiwan Strait is to be strong, not weak. Weakness will um, encourage certainly uh, more adventurism from the Chinese. Yeah, and when you assume timing is, is not right, it was the Japanese ambassador to the United States that was meeting in Washington with his counterparts only days before the December 7th attack. So you don't take comfort in that either. Senator, very good oh. seeing you again. Thank you very much. I'm going to Brian Kilmeade. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to click to subscribe to the Fox News YouTube page. This is the only way that I know for sure that you're not going to miss any great commentary. Alrighty. Now, let's continue on. <clears throat> when dictators are having problems at home, they often divert attention by creating overseas invasions, by invading their neighbors, he added. This comes just weeks after Democrat California Governor Gavin Newsom, along with key members of America's tech and government elite, rolled out the welcome mat for Chinese dictator Xi Jinping during his visit to San Francisco. Right here, I got a little video. Xi Jinping, one of the biggest mass murderers in history, his predecessor, Mao Zedong, killed over 80 million of his people, conservatively. And so many of our leaders admire communist China. And look at the images of U.S. soldiers. You see that right there? Holding a communist Chinese flag. Ugh, that violates federal that. law. There are federal laws that no U.S. soldier or commissioned officer at an official ceremony will hold a foreign flag. That's what the emissaries from the other group do. But nope, it's all about flaunting it in your face. Back that back up. Now they're pulling down American flags all over the country and hoisting the Palestinian flag, the Ukrainian flag, the UN flag, always the latest thing. Who ordered that young man to have that flag? Now, that's a big deal. Symbolism is important. murderers in history, his predecessor, Mao Zedong, killed over 80 million of his people, conservatively. And so many of our leaders admire communist China. And look at the images of U.S. soldiers, you see that right there, holding a communist Chinese flag. That violates federal law. There are federal laws that no U.S. soldier or commissioned officer at an official ceremony will hold a foreign flag. That's what the emissaries from the other group do. But nope, it's all about flaunting it in your face. Back that back up. Now they're pulling down American flags all over the country and hoisting the Palestinian flag, the Ukrainian flag, the UN flag, always the latest thing. Who ordered that young man to have that flag? That's a big deal. Symbolism is important. Here's some video uh, shot clandestinely at the big corporate meeting with all the big tech heads and BlackRock and State Street, Apple. There they are giving Xi Jinping a standing ovation. Here it is.
but Americans. Are you enjoying your fentanyl? Your president is retarded. And we own your children. Ah. Do not visit Infowars.com. Wow. Unbelievably disgusting. Xi Jinping scenes of Red Dawn 2023 in San Francisco as Biden and Xi enter four hours of talks. China Xi draws standing ovation from U.S. business leaders and some doubts. Wall Street Journal. After Biden Xi meeting, Chinese media strikes a positive tone. Yes, there they are, walking his puppet. Ha <laughs> ha! Biden meets Xi Jinping in San Francisco. Does the Chinese leader shake hands in a luxury estate for crunch tops of Taiwan, fentanyl, and climate change try to repair spiraling tensions? And what was really done as he drove through the parade grounds of San Francisco, flying messages of communism and the communist Chinese flag, the banner which has flown over more murders and death than any other flag in world history easily by a number of two? On the agenda is U.S. will cut more carbon and China will do nothing. They always pledge to do nothing. Of course, carbon's good. They're building three coal power plants a month. I'm sorry, a week, excuse me. And we're shutting down multiple ones a week. Literally cutting the U.S. power. What do you mean they cut the power? Game over, man. Game over. But that's where we are. U.S. lawmakers question Apple over John Stewart's China content. That's right. They admit they took him off his show because he criticized Xi Jinping. First, it's Alex Jones. Tim Cook led the deplatforming of yours truly five years ago. And now it's John Stewart. Analyst Xi signals shift in tone for China on U.S. But can it last? So here's what happened. Trump stood up to it, made us the number one energy exporter in just a couple of years, advertised America was open for business, trillions flooded back in, and now as soon as they remove Trump through fraud and through the China virus, as they call it, like a trap door, business is closed again, and you see the spiraling collapse in industry, in manufacturing, in energy, in Target and Walmart and all of them, and they're the top of the food chain. They've got 5 to 10% drops this year in sales because we're in a depression. What's that? Three quarters of recession uninterrupted. Definitely in a depression. But now for the big boys, they're consolidating power. They're consolidating control right now. Of course, Biden famously called Xi Jinping a dictator and got asked about it again yesterday and said, well, hey, what's the big deal? That's what he is. It's their system of government. Like Trudeau said, it's a basic dictatorship. Let's 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 play that clip of O. Biden uh, talking about that. But first, China decries Biden's off-script dictator's e-comment is extremely wrong, even though he is a dictator for life. Oh, the Politburo, a group of a couple hundred party dictators, a plutocracy and oligarchy, uh, well, whatever you want to call it, you have a, a, a ruling body that dictatorial. It's not one dictator. They, they then made him the dictator. So in their twisted logic, 
That means he's not a classic dictator. What the hell does that mean? A dictator can be elected, as Hillary reminded us. Hitler was. But when they start banning their opposition and censoring and controlling and, and, and arresting the truckers for protesting lockdowns, and then, and then you admire dictators, you say, well, I admire dictatorship. What do you admire most in the world, Trudeau? I admire basic dictatorship of Xi Jinping. Here's a clip of Biden. Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he, he is a guy who runs a country that is a communist country that is based on one government totally different than ours. So he is, enough of them, he is a dictator, but we're not supposed to say it. Like two men can have a baby, but we're not supposed to say it. All right. So you want somebody to stand up against the globe. Let's make sure. Ordering that... And Lauder's breath. Is it just an ad now? Fast read. All right. It's continuing on. Actually, no, we're not. That is the end of this article. We're going to look at a couple comments real quick and wrap it up. From the Gov6. Did I tell y'all mofos I'm a missile commander? Yeah, also the number one mofo in my hood that knows the code to countermeasures. You're talking to like a mofo here. What's going on? Dark white checking in. That's the deal. Get the fuck out my way. All right. <laughs> Where is the last starfighter? We got you, buddy. I'll f I'll I'll fire I'll fire Berlin Mos masquerade. When you hear the price we paid to get me here, you're gonna love this shit. The Gov Six. It's gonna be a big one. Send everything and bring all your ships. Yo, I'm from Georgia. We got y'all's victory parties lined up. All you gotta do is listen to Dark. And all my people come home, like Tom Cruise says. I never seen a Georgia boy get hurt. It happens sometimes, rarely, but not on my watch. Okay, that was an absolute schizophrenic level of comments right there. But that being said, we're gonna wrap this episode up here, and I shall talk to y'all later. Bye. Now I'm just gonna tell you, motherfucking nigga, straight out the dump. Don't fuck with my motherfucking president. Do you understand me? Nigga, we ride with Donald Trump over here, nigga. Draco, we ain't playing with you motherfucking nigga. You understand me? Keep my motherfucking president name out your mouth. Fuck, nigga. Any motherfucking nigga, white, black, Chinese, Mexican, if you want to build that wall, let him build it. You motherfucking niggas out there think it's a game, I'm going to go to war behind Donald Trump. That's right. Do you understand me? We're going to go to motherfucking war, Trump. You got some motherfucking soldiers, boy, right here on your side, boy. Right here, we coming. Draco, talking about we going around. What that little nigga down there in Baton Rouge's name? Nigga, keep my motherfucking president out of your motherfucking mouth, nigga. Talking about you got a hundred on the drum. C-Cup, you just got your titties done. Main, main music, nigga. Boy, I got a hundred in this motherfucker, boy. And I just got the motherfucking chopper done, nigga. 
keep my motherfucking president name out your mouth. If you don't like it, bitch, catch me outside. How about that? Eh, eh, I like that. Turn my headphones up, people. 97 even. Blowing up the beast at the lot, followed by 12 yep swat. We pull up the jack in the box. I just took a cake at the box, took a drumstick at the box. Mm. Eat on the goddamn shell, I'm too lazy. I get some major deals, I've been saying this is the 80s. I'm talking about coupons, get my cash back. Man, I love me, Papa John's. I smack, smack. Don't eat salad with croutons, I can back that. You can catch me at McDonald's on Sat Sat. All about that, I'ma get that. Cruiser City and a bulletproof Cadillac. Cause I know these eaters have too much to go back. Gotta move smarter, gotta move harder. They be trying to give me some free water. I asked for a Coke for my sons and my daughter. I had a Bonka with me, she hotter. Then your sisters and your mother. Oh, look at these photos here. He's got photos of, look at all this. Let's show it to you. All right, so look at, he, these are all his photos he posts on LinkedIn. Of course, now it's not going to work. All right. So the screen froze up there. Maybe they deleted it. Oh, my God, the page is gone. So they took the page down. Holy smokes, they took the page down in real time. That's crazy. Well, maybe. Look at that. I wonder. I wonder if this page is still here. Let me. Let me see. I'm gonna put this on screen so you guys can see it. Did you, I don't think you even saw that last one. Dead gummit. All right. Look at this. 
All right, so th there's his page. Now another page that he had that I that I, I left it open on purpose to show it to you guys because I was worried it might get taken down. I wonder. I'm going to refresh this page, and we're going to see if it's gone like the other one was. Let's see. There it goes. Gone. It's gone. They took it down in real time. <laughs> oh my goodness, this post cannot be displayed. They fucking took it down. Wow. Welcome back to the show. So, y'all want to get in some interesting shit real quick? Hmm, check this out. Breaking. Suspect in Arlington home explosion presumed dead after human remains found on site. Well, I mean, to this headline, I gotta say, no shit. But, we got a couple articles to get into. Let's start off here. Now, this is the original reporting for it. I mean, not like the original outlet that broke the story, but this is 
a report from the day it happened. We are going to get to an article that came out after that. But there's something that's being missed out on, something that's not being reported on in many, 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 if not almost all the articles I've skimmed through. I've skimmed, you know, I didn't sit down and read like a dozen articles. But from the New York Post to the Daily Wire, all the way up, right? Isn't that weird? To the, uh, oh, what's that one? The, uh, the Daily Mail. None of them are mentioning that this guy was a high-ranking government employee. No one's mentioning that. I mean, there's the odd, you know, the missing link media is talking about it, of course. And then you got the, uh, you know, the independent pundit and independent journalist class that uh, I like to think I'm a little bit apart. Not so much the journalist class, but the punditry class. You know, I like opinions. Fuck all that reporter shit, right? I want to say because it's been a year since I've been on the actual ground reporting on anything. So I'm a pundit now. I want to burn my press badge. But why are we the only ones talking about it? This is a massive fucking story. And even then, even then, when we will get into his LinkedIn, and now a lot of people are saying his LinkedIn got scrubbed from the internet. Uh, no, it's still there. I, uh, I have it right here. I skimmed through it to make sure this was the same one, because I, I pulled it up at work earlier. Though I will say, it is where there's no background to it or anything. But that's the, that was the same thing as early, uh, earlier as when I first pulled it up. So, I also got the archive right here. So we can go through this as well. That being said, there's a lot of missing pieces to the story. Why was he firing flares into the air? Why was he locked inside of his home? Why were the warrants there? You know, there's a lot of moving parts to this. So, let's do our best to dig through this. But I really want to ask you guys watching at home, or listening abroad, wherever you might be, what do you think happened? If there's anything I missed in this episode, I need you to please leave me information in the comments below. More and more weird things are happening. And I know I've been MIA for a minute and me saying, hey, there's a lot of weird shit happening. is like, yeah, no shit, bud. Especially lately, there's been some really weird shenanigans going on. And this might be the weirdest. That's saying something. Arlington home explodes after suspect sets off flares as police serve search warrant. Now, when I first heard the flare story, I remember when I first heard about this. I was minding my own business. You know, definitely not with a, a, a rolling tray in lap preparing to make a nice uh, <laughs> smokable salad. When all of a sudden my phone just starts vibrating. And, you know, I, I I had Timcast on the background. It was muted. I wasn't really listening to it too much because, you know, I'm getting ready to record my own content and I'm focused on finger exercises. All of a sudden, I unclick mute and they're talking about a house explosion. Get on the internet, do some digging. And now we're here. The fate of the suspect, who is believed to have been in the home at the time, has not been revealed. But I remember hearing the flare story, and I was thinking, he got there, his home's all fucking barricaded up, cops knock, it explodes, flares fired into the night. Was he, like, calling for help? Was he trying to get something? What was going on? Nothing makes sense with this story. By Jared Yeager. On Monday, a home. In, Blue Mount, in the Blue Mountain neighborhood of Arlington, Virginia, explodes as police were attempting to serve a warrant following reports that a flare gun had been fired from within 
earlier in the evening. While three members of the law enforcement suffered minor injuries, the fate of the suspect, who is believed to have been in the home at the time, has not, he's dead. Even even before the update articles came out where it's like, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. No, sorry, he's dead. He's dead. And this is, I don't know, this reminds me of this uh, story that happened forever ago where a giant passenger jet crashed nose first into a home in Buffalo, New York, and all it did was damage to the one home. Not any of the neighboring homes, just that one home came down nose first. It's a really weird story. While three members of the law enforcement suffered minor injuries, moving on. According to the Arlington County Police Department, officers were called to the duplex on the 800 block of North uh, Burlington Street around 4.45 p.m. to investigate reports that someone had discharged a flare gun 30 to 40 times inside his residence into the surrounding neighborhood. And you'll mind you, some of the original reporters said that he was flying, like, bam. His residence, from his residence into the surrounding neighborhoods. That's fucking wild. Like, shooting out of a window. Man. First off. Just imagine you're a neighbor, right? You're just walking your dog casually. All of a sudden, fireworks are flying at you and exploding everywhere. While his actions did not result in any injuries or property damage... Weird. So weird. So you mean to tell me this lunatic was just firing this flare? Ba 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 40, 50 times. No one was injured. No property damage. If, uh, if he was just firing this because he was an unhinged lunatic... And he wanted to harm as many people as possible. Wouldn't he, like, fire at windows? Wouldn't he fire at trees? You know, we're in the fall season. Leaves are dying. Trees are getting dried out right now. And where he is in Virginia, man, there's a lot of dry trees if it's not raining. Leaves on the ground. You can do a lot of damage with a flare gun right now. Nothing. It's weird, right? Well, of course it's weird. I need to keep saying that, but... Just trying to wrap my head around it. Meanwhile, he's like this crazy, extreme, far leftist type. Right? And and we'll get into that soon as well. While his actions did not result in any injuries or property damage, officers nonetheless obtained a search warrant and tried to make contact with him via telephone and a loudspeaker. Their attempts to attempts proved fruitless, and the suspect remained barricaded inside. Now I <laughs> So, like, again, I had heard the story, I was searching around, and I, and I remember watching this video, and I very loudly went, what the fuck? Check this out, it is ridiculous. You guys ever watch the old Wiley cartoons, you know, Lo- Looney Tunes, Wiley Coyote and all that? It's like the cops rolled up in the Wiley Coyote's crib, and he had that Acme home security defense system, check this out. God damn, it's a duplex, mind you. People, multiple people lived in here, it's not just him. God. I I hope everyone he lived with was not home. But it's a possibility. It's a duplex. That means the house is split into two to three. And that looked like a three-story? Let's go back here a little bit. No, that's just a two, uh, 
two story, maybe a definitely a basement. God damn. I I I hope I hope to God no one else was home with him. Like, but here's the thing. Only that house damaged. That was a full fucking leveling. This guy fired a flare off 40, 50 ish times. Not into the sky. No, no. Into the neighborhood. From inside his place. And he didn't hurt anyone. He didn't hit anyone. No property damage. So, not even a house got shot. He didn't shoot a house, a car. He didn't even shoot a fucking barbecue grill, dude. He didn't even take aim at the neighbor's mobile lawnmower Roomba. I really hope nobody near him has a has a has one of those lawnmowing Roombas, because that'd be really really weird if they did. And I said that shit. Watch my luck. I just said something like that. It's kind of shit that does happen, you know. Make a joke, and all of a sudden it's not a joke. It's very serious, and all of a sudden you're getting dirty looks at the funeral. At around 8.25 p.m., he, quote, discharged several several rounds from what authorities believe was a firearm. <laughs> mm, I wonder what gave you that fucking, uh, what brought to that conclusion, Columbo? Resulting in the aforementioned explosion, the blast sent shockwaves through the surrounding area as residents watched debris fly into the air and structure burn to the ground. I don't know that... I, I, I think it was all in the ground before it burned up. I think the explosion brought it to the ground, but okay. The fire department arrived on the scene a short time later, and by 10.30pm, the blaze was extinguished. While police have not released the name of the suspect, local outlet ARL Now has reported that the public records show the resident... Of now, of the now leveled home. <laughs> One way to put it. To be a man named James Yo. And when I watched that show, I said, Yo. <sighs> According to Newsweek, Yo's social media posts were reportedly filled with rants about the government, the police, and his own neighbors, who he reportedly labeled as spies, smugglers. Or, sorry, spies, suggesting. They had fake identities and were assigned to monitor him for... Uh, hold on. You guys can't see this. My screen's being weird. Alright, sorry about that. <clears throat> Reportedly labeled his neighbors as spies, suggesting they had fake identities and were assigned to monitor him for their handlers. His YouTube channel included videos with pictures from his LinkedIn page depicting people he claimed were his neighbors entering and leaving their homes, according to the outlet. One of Yo's neighbors, Alex Wilson, told ARL Now that he kept himself and uh, kept himself and often had his windows covered with aluminum foil. So he had a few trying to turn his house into a Faraday cage? Is that what's going on here? Yo also allegedly chased away prospective buyers with a knife while his house was on the market. Ooh. Squatter's rights, huh? Now let's hop over here to a, a, a newer story. This is, you know, so we update. And the most shocking shit you've ever fucking heard, folks. Just trust me, right? You'll, you won't believe this. Suspect in Arlington home explosion presumed dead after human remains found on site. I really hope they're, they're his remains. Again, this is a duplex. 
meaning one home turned into two homes to possibly three homes depending if they like maybe the basement was also a duplex with like a shared washing machine in the middle of a house that happens human remains have been located at the scene yep now we don't really need to read through all this but we're going to read a little bit of it on Tuesday, police confirmed that the suspect in the Arlington, uh, in Arlington, Virginia home explosion, 56-year-old James Yo, had been inside at the time of the blast and was presumed deceased. Was presumed to be deceased. Uh, the, that is the weirdest fucking wording. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I sure fucking hope he do, it does. Uh, Yo's home. In Blue Mount, in the Blue Mount neighborhood, exploded while police were attempting to serve a search warrant following reports that he had set off flare, had set off a flare gun with within earlier in the day. This is okay. I'm not having a fucking seizure. This article is actively weirded very wonkily. All right, that he had set off flare gun, set off flare gun from within earlier in the day. Okay. Someone had a vaccine reaction right in that article. Police have confirmed that the suspect in the Arlington home explosion, James Yo, was inside at the time and is presumed to be dead. Isn't it nice when when you realize you're not retarded, just whoever wrote the article is? It's so it's so nice. Who wrote this? Yeah, fuck you, Jared. Jared with a Y. As in why were you ever born, Jared? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm talking a lot of shit here. I'm talking a lot. Areas within the resident. Jesus Christ, my thumb. I didn't know my thumb was a cop. ...areas within the residence where the suspect was believed to be hiding. The purpose of this type of a deployment is to cause irritation in hopes of compelling the suspect to surrender. Oof. Based on the preliminary investigation of this incident, we believe that the resident of the home, James U, 56, of Arlington, is the involved suspect. Goddamn. The Orange County Police Department does not have prior documented interactions with the suspect at this address other than two calls for service for loud noise over the past couple years. We are aware of concerning social media posts allegedly made by the suspect, and these will be reviewed as part of the ongoing criminal investigation. The suspect was inside the residence at the time of the explosion, and he is presumed at this point to be deceased. Human remains have been located at the scene, and the Office of the Chief Medical Examiner will work to positively identify the individual and determine the cause and manner of death. God damn. Right here, how this was in Arlington, Virginia. And this is a lot of the same kind of stuff. Now, let's hop over here. Bam, what's this? What is this? I ain't giving you shit. I ain't giving you no fucking money. What the fuck this look like? Alrighty. Alright, let's go down here. This article is by Matt Pittori. Now, like I said, we're not going to read this whole article because a lot of it's shit that's already covered and things we've already read. So we're just going to kind of scroll down here to some of the newer information before we go into the LinkedIn page, alright? So right here. Police responded to the home in the 800 block of North Burlington Street around 4.45 p.m. for reports of a man firing a flare gun in his neighborhood hours before the explosion. Huh? Uh, of the man firing a flare gun 
in the neighborhood. Investigators believe Yo fired the flare gun more than 30 times from his home into the neighborhood. No injuries or property damage were reported from the shots fired. Again, that's so fucking weird. Because think about it, right? Flare guns are what? Essentially giant Roman candles. Let you know a plane crash, a boat is sinking, or you're stranded and fucked. They go way into the sky and fucking explode. This man was firing this in a residential neighborhood. No property damage. I'm just saying. Make of that what you will. As police were attempting to serve a search warrant on the home, police tried to talk Yo via tele- talk to Yo via telephone and loudspeaker with no response. Police say Yo remained barricaded inside. Emergency response team members breached the front door to try to communicate with Yo, or allow him to surrender himself around 8 p.m. That's when officers heard what they believed to be multiple gunshots from inside the home. Arlington Police Chief Andy Penn said officers could not locate a source of the gunfire or its target. The officers... De- Weird, right? Another magic bullet. Where have we ever heard of magic bullets and vanishing around D.C.? Hmm. I can never think of any point in history with with uh, weird disappearing bullets. And again, this is like right in DC, Washington, D.C.'s backyard. This man worked for the federal fucking government. And wait till you see what position he held. Oh, just know the people who keep you safe at night, folks. Oh, you're feeling nice and cozy, aren't you? And we just covered that chick who was posting all that pro Hamas shit. Ugh, who worked for the C- who was working for the CIA? And it's just like, oh no! And you have the CIA rapist we just covered, or maybe you haven't seen that episode yet. That's what's coming out. CIA rapist, twenty four women. Woof. Continuing on, police say Yo remained barricaded inside. Emergency response team members breached the front door to try to communicate with Yo. Or allowed him to surrender himself around 8 p.m. That's when officers heard what they believe were multiple gunshots from inside the home. Arlington Police Chief Andy Penn said officers could not locate a source of the gun, fire, or its target. The officers deployed chemicals meant to irritate Yo into surrendering. The team, uh, the house exploded around 8:25 p.m. Oh man! Multiple agencies located. Uh, multiple agencies, local and national are investigating the circumstances surrounding the explosion and cannot give a timeline of when the investigation will conclude. While neither fire nor police officials could comment on the cause or origin of the explosion, it was noted that the gas from the house was turned off before the explosion. Whoa! Okay, hold up. Hold up. Hold the fuck up. That's an interesting detail, folks. So the house had no gas service to it. That changes a lot. You want to know why? Multiple outlets have reported, well, it could have been a gas explosion from inside the house. They never, I haven't heard that detail mentioned in a lot of these articles. Washington Post. What the fuck do I expect from the Washington Post? Fucking scumbags. But, but. That's another one of those details that just does not get fucking mentioned. Like the fact that this guy's a fed. <laughs> we're getting into that. We're getting very close to that detail here. So the house had no gas service or 
anything like that being supplied to it. So this man, dude, come on. Federal agent of some variety. Again, we're getting into that. I just don't want to give it away to people who don't already know. But. What do you think he had? Boxes of... Do you think he had some sort of, like, C4? Some kind of depth charge? Bunch of grenades? Like, what... What did he do to blow that house up? Could it be gas? I, I haven't heard any reports that people smelled gas in the area. I haven't heard any reports of a weird chemical smell in the area. That's never been brought up. I haven't seen any articles or any coverage surrounding this event. Local or national coverage of it hasn't mentioned anything about a weird smell in the area or people talking about it. And that house got fucking decimated, dog. That house was Building 7 in that neighborhood. What caused the demolition? Where did that explosion come from? People went into the house. It exploded. They they, they filled the house with a with a you know an irritant that's mentioned in the in, in multiple articles that they they did like try to flush them out with an irritant. That's the only funky thing mentioned. So, what caused this fucking explosion? Leave your conspiracy theories in the comments below. My opinion on what caused the explosion was clearly the fact that we have neurodivergent climate change that is a strong, independent black woman that loves eating poontang. That's my hypothesis, and if this man only got that 18th booster, this never would have happened. You can't tell me otherwise. It's clearly climate change related. This man uh, refuses to drink Bud Light, folks, and, and that's what led to this horrific outcome. Wow. Now let's check this out right here. Good morning, Fed boy. Uh, yeah, they were they were helpful last week. I was Man, let's scroll down here. It's the video that's been seen around the world. It an explosion at a house in Arlington, Virginia. Over the last 24 hours, we've learned a lot. Let's get right to it with the three things to know at this hour. Here is what we know. First, investigators say the suspect at the center of all this who lived in the home is presumed to be dead. Federal and local law enforcement officials say his name is James Yu, and two sources have confirmed that this is a photo of James Yu. At this early hour, investigators are still trying to piece together exactly what caused the explosion. And second, police say the home blew up after officers tried serving a search warrant and after the suspect allegedly fired a flare gun more than 30 times. James Yu is also accused of opening fire on officers once they arrived to the scene. And lastly, several families who live nearby still can't get back into their homes this morning. Roads remain blocked off in the area, and as you can imagine, there is still a lot of damage and debris. So Wait. let's focus now on the suspect, 56-year-old James Yu. Matt Gregory has been digging into his history and joins us now with more. Matt. Hold on, can I... Okay, wait, hold on. I just want to point something out here. Isn't it weird that we don't have this one photo of the guy right now? And it's like this low-quality BlackBerry phone. He's like the most... Like, I think this guy... 
I think this guy delivered my Chinese food last week. I'm pretty sure this is the dude who asked me, beef, pork, or chicken? Brow rye or fry rye? I'm pretty sure this is the same fucking guy. You know, like, this is the most, like, generic, lands and Asian guy. You know how they always have that one Asian model? Not like the handsome, but the ugly Asian model? Yeah, that, it, it's him, right? Like, if you had an AI make you a picture, you're like, what are these trees doing in the background? Like, you look at these trees, they kind of look like those puzzles where it's just a bunch of fucking schizophrenic colors, but if you look really hard, people claim there's a pattern that emerges from it. I'm not saying definitively that this photo is some sort of AI generation of it, and then they lower the quality of it to try and hide the, like, you know, the parts. Because AI hasn't crossed this barrier, right? There's, like, something soulless about AI images of, like, portraits, of hyper-realistic portraits of people. And I just kind of wonder. It's a little weird, you know. Government agent... This is all we got. James, read your information. We'll get there. Good morning. Good morning, Eddie. Federal law enforcement agents paint a picture of paranoia around the suspect, James Yu. And when we started investigating Yu's background, we found something similar. An online presence and legal history that seems to be wrapped around constant suspicion of others. We started gathering information on 56-year-old James Yu the night of the explosion. Sources and neighbors tipped our team off about his identity while on the scene. Wait, did you just interview him? The night of the explosion. Sources. Damn, look, they interviewed him right there. See what I mean? That's not him. But that is just like this, like, bro, come on now. I know. I'm not saying they all look alike. I know. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that guy could also very easily be homie here's fucking brother, alright? These these are some Korean Anthony Fantanos, alright? Remember when I said just this dude looks like a random generic Asian guy? Here's his slightly skinnier, more Tim Poolier brother. Neighbors tipped our team off about his identity on the scene. Neighbors said you often covered the windows to his home, sometimes in aluminum foil. That he had a no trespassing sign on the door. Well, we searched online and found his social media presence before it was wiped. On LinkedIn, it said he graduated from George Mason University with a degree in information resource management. You posted conspiratorial rants on LinkedIn and YouTube, rants about the government, police, and about his neighbors. But when we dug into his legal history, we found only two noise complaints. But we did find several lawsuits he filed, including one against a hospital in New York, a sheriff's office, his sister, his ex-wife, and a long list of others, including Google and the New York Times. A judge threw it out, calling it frivolous and, quote, the product of delusion or fantasy. Tuesday, local and federal law enforcement referenced his past in a press conference, and a spokesperson for the FBI said they had heard from James Yu in the past. The individual Chief Penn referenced had previously communicated with the FBI oh, via phone calls, online tips, and letters over a number of years. I would characterize these communications as primarily complaints about alleged frauds he believed were perpetrated against him. Now, as the investigation continues, we will continue to dig deeper. We're still trying to determine what used motive was for the explosion and also what caused it. And finally, what red flags could be addressed by authorities to prevent it. Annie? So many layers to this, multiple agencies involved. This is only the beginning to a long road ahead. Matt, thanks for the latest. Mm -hmm. This, of course, is a story that we will be following.
All right, chills. I think I've heard plenty from y'all. All right, folks. So we're over here at you know the archive and link in the description below. Whenever you read an article, always, 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 always archive it. James Yo YouTube channel. There's uh, a link to it. U.S. is the world's biggest terrorist. Noam Chomsky, 2015. Fuck the police. Ice Cube, NWA. Purge them. Former head global security with CFIUS. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Well, James, it's just his LinkedIn. Ooh, yeah, we will. Uh, we got one more article to get into after this. So right here, we scroll down to about. You got defund FBI, defund CIA, defund NSA, purge all NOCs, purge all spies. I mean, ah, uh, God. Mm. Someone, this is one of those Uncle Ted situations, if you know what I mean. You know, it's like, yeah, you know what? Fuck the FBI, fuck the NSA, fuck the CIA, fuck all these deep state assholes. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe I'm not that spicy about it, but goddamn. Now, the same thing, you know, it's like, well, America's the world's biggest terrorist organization. It's like, well, I've said that before. I I mean, I, I have said this before. Ooh, this is sounding real bad for me, ain't it? But in theory, it's true. And these are references I've always given. Look, we did the Nord Stream pipeline. We claim, oh, we're not at war with Russia. We're not blah, 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 blah. We're going to blow up their pipelines. We install puppet regimes around the world. We fund terrorist organizations on the label of freedom fighters. I mean, look at how we got Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. We literally created those in front of them as freedom fighters when they were always a terrorist organization to overthrow a government that we didn't like in the Middle East and destabilize an entire chunk of the world. So America actively does function as a terrorist organization. You know what I mean? It's just one of the things. You don't need to like this guy... You really fucking shouldn't. He's a horrible dude. But even the worst people can make some fucking points. But Hitler liked dogs, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Independent. Happy birthday, America. Oof. Over a decade of technology-related experience, including product development, project and program management, proven leadership, and... President setting foresight and drive over 18 years of property management experience as a private landlord. Experienced, functional, and department head seeks to contribute with a board, a broad background and skill set, including direct involvement with the CFIUS Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States. National Security Review Process, where I successfully led and managed Global Crossings, GC Technology, and security team throughout the CFI-US process, resulting in regulatory approval from the United States government for Singapore Technologies. Telemedia purchase of GC on or around late September 2003. I was six. 
skilled in technology product development and project management, risk management, business process improvement, and Microsoft Office tools. So you have all of the required skills of the average ninth grader. Congratulations. You're really making your Asian parents proud. Strong, proven professional with a broad background and Bachelor of Science, BS, focus in information resource management. That does sound like a bunch of bullshit. From George Mason University School of Business. And I bet the music there sucks. Activity, December 1st, 2023, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Hollywood bullshit. Jamie, Rosemary, and Lance Smith, exact copy. All examine uh, and examine all my network digital. Okay. December 1st, 23. This is my next door neighbor. Uh, oh, hold on, guys. Yeah, sorry about that random uh, cut. I started to read it out, then I realized uh, that's doxing. So, if you really need to know, I'm going to leave, of course, I'm going to leave a link to all this in the description below, but it just goes into the names and pictures and addresses of his neighbors, and I'm not comfortable reading that out. So, we're just going to move right on ahead. But now we're going to hop right down over here to his resume, right here. Global Crossing Telecommunications Incorporated, two years, ten months. Head of Global Information and Physical Security, CFIUS, August twenty, August two thousand two, Sept two thousand three. One year, two months. Mm. CFIUS, original and present and present to executive team, certified security and privacy as an offensive strategy. To win customers to lead industry, ISO. Proven abilities to lead large organizations across broad functional teams to strategically plan, implement, and operate security best practices on a global scale. Development and applied risk management principles to prioritize and secure the business. Now we're going to... Now just look at this. Wait, on, just look at this fucking resume real quick. This is a decked out fucking resume. This dude's got everything here. He's even got like news articles and shit that he he wrote and whatnot. Got all these articles. Now we're going to hop over to the last article we're going to go through. The rambling post of the man tied to Arlington House explosion. James Yo is a suspect accused in connection with the Arlington, Virginia house that exploded in a massive fireball. We read all of that already. Now we're going to scroll down here just a little bit. You wrote in his LinkedIn page. We scroll this, but it's a little more coherent here. He did in the, uh, on his LinkedIn page that he worked in the early 90s for a company in Crystal City, Virginia. Supported, quote, U.S. military contracts. You wrote that he graduated from George Mason University with a degree in information resource management and claims he was in an honor, uh, honor society there. 
he wrote that he also attended Northern. Uh, where'd it go? Jumped on me for a second. Northern Virginia Community College. You claimed he volunteered to help animal adoptions. The FBI, David Sunberg, said in a news conference that the FBI investigated news background, adding you had previously communicated with the FBI via phone calls and tips, but they were mostly complaints about alleged frauds he believed were perpetrated against him, but did not lead to any FBI investigation be, uh, being opened. Now, I'm going to scroll down a little bit more right here. On the LinkedIn page, you wrote that he had worked as the head of global information and physical security at a company in Rochester, New York, and was a senior program manager for telecommunications company Reston, Virginia. He wrote that he was a project lead for a company in Washington, D.C., and claims he was a system engineer for the mili- for a military system division for a company in Henderson, Virginia. Shit. So this dude... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Alright, so this dude worked on... A milita- I worked on military contracts and worked within the federal government. Then, fires flares into his fucking neighborhood all over the streets between like 30 to 60. And not one house was damaged by the flare. No one was harmed by it. No houses were damaged. Nothing. But then the house explodes, and the FBI, or the federal government investigators, will not let anyone back near their homes. Hmm. Now, what was that government agency he worked for again? Let's go right back up here real quick. Former head of global security with the CFIUS. Right here. The Committee on Foreign Investments in the United States is an interagency committee of the United States government which reviews the national security implications of foreign investments in in U.S. companies or operations using classified information from the United States intelligence community. Founded in 1975. Interesting. The Pentagon... Just failed its uh, latest audit, too, didn't it? Yep. Pentagon fails audit for sixth year in the row. Damn. The number one government agency with the most shady money overseas refuses to cooperate with any kind of federal audit. And the guy who would have had some involvement in monitoring and tracking... That very, very department of government agency dies in a house explosion after firing flares, yelling and screaming into its fucking neighborhood, and doesn't hit anyone or damage anything. Now, this guy is fucking insane. I don't, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, does it feel. We're here, right at the end, end of the episode. Doesn't it feel like something's missing? Whole chunks of the story just not fitting into place. I'm right there with you. Everybody keep an eye out on the story. There will be updates about this. And I guarantee you it's going to be independent people. 
we break the story further. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, Manson, and we will follow the story. And until next time, I'll talk to y'all later. Roseanne Barr, who I think I can now refer to as my colleague, because <laughs> that's pretty great. I, I want to put that in my Twitter bio. Colleague of Roseanne Barr, because Roseanne is going to be the voice in our show, Burcham. Mr. Burcham, Adam Carolla's cartoon that, that we're producing here at The Daily Wire, that is absolutely terrific. I've seen the pilot. It's, it's amazing. So Roseanne goes on Bill Maher's show, and she makes a pretty weighty accusation about him. No wonder I don't remember this. No, sh- you blocked it out, MK Ultra. I- <laughs> Who's that? That's the mind control program you're under, Bill. MK Ultra. Yeah. So who's but who's Klaus Schwab? The head of the WEF. What's that? Google it. <laughs> Love Roseanne. She's great. Google it. Now people are looking at this clip. They say, "Man, Roseanne's crazy, isn't she? She's always been a little crazy. She said she's a little crazy." Most comedians are. Here, though, Roseanne doesn't really sound like the crazy one to me. Roseanne comes out, she says, Bill, you're under an MKUltra mind control program. MKUltra was was that program of the CIA to try to control people's minds. It's also my preferred nickname. I really like, I'm going to rename my show MKUltra. I think that's really great. Okay, that's a big, crazy, wild accusation. But the crazier thing is, Bill says he doesn't know what it is. He's never heard of MKUltra. MKUltra, of all of the nefarious CIA operations over the years, Operation Mockingbird, all Northwoods, right, all the rest of them, MKUltra is by far the most prominent, well-known program. Bill Maher is seriously saying he's never heard of MKUltra? Then she goes, she, she cuts in later in the interview, she's talking about the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Everyone's heard of Klaus Schwab. Not everyone. Not everyone. There are plenty of people who have never heard of Klaus Schwab. But anyone who pays attention to political news at all has heard of Klaus Schwab. Bill Maher has been doing a political news and commentary and comedy show for, what, 30 years now? In some form or another. He's never heard of Klaus Schwab. And then she clarifies. She says, you know, from the WEF, the World Economic Forum. He says, what's that? He's never heard of the World Economic Forum? What's going on here? Is Bill Maher actually MKUltra? I don't know. Is, what does it even mean to be MKUltra? Does it mean you're just a super fan of the show? I don't know. But don't tell me Roseanne's the crazy one in that interview. I assume Bill is just playing dumb. If he's really he never heard of those things, I well, strange. Maybe he's under some mind control. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, Paganini. So, Bill Maher is someone who's perpetually in the fucking dark. I got a joke for you. How many liberals does it take to change a light bulb? Answer, none, because they are perpetually in the fucking dark. 
And the thing about Bill Maher that's so frustrating is for older, more boomerific Democrats, he's this shining pillar of intellectual superiority that they love to engage with. The same kind of thing that people like John Stewart used to represent. Now, I've never been a big fan of uh, either of these guys, even back in their prime. Uh, even though I have George Carlin quote in my bio for this show, I'm actually not... The older I get, the less fond of George Carlin I've become. He was really just a whiny, shilly mouthpiece for the Democrat establishment. He was pro-gun control, uh, you, you know, free speech. He's like the RFK type, you know? Exact same flaws, actually, when you think about it. So... And the issue is, there's a point of comfort where they retire and coast on their name alone. Thinking, well, I've huffed on my own farts for long enough. Surely I'm so good I can ride these fumes forever. Bill Maher, as far as everything I've been able to tell, he gets his newspapers and he reads them. What's the problem with the newspaper? One, it's not all the news. If it's even an important story covered at all in it. And it's usually dated two days late. And you get Bill Maher, who has a show he does twice a week. Once in the middle and once at the end. And once a podcast, once something like a syndicated show on HBO. I don't know how that works. But you have Club Random. That's more of what I'm familiar with as of late. And then you get these clips of him having people on his show who just run donuts around him. And he's just left fucking going, <laughs> Oh, okay. Neat. Never heard of it. He gets duped so often, and and this is a long-running trend. The only thing is he doesn't have, like, a posse with him anymore. Back in the day with his show, he had, like, a panel that was always siding with him, or he had a large studio audience that was always siding with him. But when he's one-on-one in in an empty room with someone else, he's completely fucking defenseless. He's a cat on its back exposing its belly to you. There's nothing to him there. Substance-wise, you can stand in a big puddle of his intellectual depth, and your toenails wouldn't even get fucking moist. Is what I'm saying here. He's out of touch and mostly retired. To his credit, he does pay attention to his audience demographics. To the point where in 2020 he came out and said, For the first time in my life, I am playing to a split audience. Referring to his audience not being left and right. Because during the time of like the lockdowns when he was home, I would argue that's when he was the most informed. Because he had nothing else to do other than sit at home and consume media. But as soon as lockdowns were over, he was back to Sunday brunches, uh, buying gerbils for unspeakable reasons, and smoking cheap cigars, acting like a sophist. That's really what he is at the core of it. A sophist intellectual. And that's why you have clips like an absolute legend like Roseanne coming in and doing donuts around him. Now, I don't know about you or you specifically, but Roseanne is someone who's a very... She's one of those people that touches a very nostalgic part of me. Because I remember being a child, a wee lad, gathered up with the family, watching the Roseanne Barr show. You ever seen the show Roseanne with John Goodman, the old one? Not the reboot where they scrapped her and went out with the Connor. It's all, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the original. The original. I remember every Halloween, I would go out trick-or-treating and I'd come home. And what was on WGN-TV America? The Roseanne Halloween Marathon. So good. Every Halloween, the Roseanne show did these Halloween specials. Love them. And it was such a great show. Very reminiscent of uh, 
of of people in my life actually, and that's that's why the show hits so hard. And Roseanne has, for better or worse, managed to keep her finger on the pulse of society. Even when the cancels her and she went quiet for a bit, she was smart enough to start going on podcasts, and that's how she, you know, took care of herself. She went on these podcasts, did these interviews, X, Y, and Z. So even when she wasn't getting tours or allowed to do platform, uh, wasn't being platformed to do like specials and shit, she never really left the cultural eye. And now, in the last year or so, she's been back with more force than ever. She's really going through a renaissance, you could say, with her new Daily Wire show and her new voice acting role, The Daily Wire, coming out, and her doing all these shows, getting publicity like this, showing up Bill Maher. It's just great to see Roseanne back to being who she is. And I don't say that like, oh, well, you know, X, Y, I don't really care what people's voting history is. You know, look, Trump voted Democrat. Trump's friends with a lot of powerful Democrats that I think are corrupt out the fucking ass. Or at least he was friends up to a certain point with them. But Roseanne Barr, for better or worse, has kind of always been standing against what was popular. So I appreciate that about her. And they come out and speak up on a lot of things. It's not just this, but coming up... Like, have you seen the podcast she's been doing lately? Like, Tim's show or You're Welcome, Michael Mouse, all these shows. She just goes out there and grills people. World Economic Forum, Vaccine Corruption, Massive Ties Between Big Pharma... The election show of 2020. Like, she's batting 20 for 20 right now. And I appreciate it. People be like, oh, well, you know, she said this back in the day. I don't really care that much. She's a comedian. There's a lot of shit comedians say. Look at Joe Rogan. People on the left and the right love Joe Rogan. But there's things that Joe Rogan has said that would make both people in the moment be like, oh, God, he said that? What a fucking moron. That's sort of just how it goes. People are people and you take it as it is. Now, when they want to get involved in political office, then you got to start questioning, okay, but then your record now comes into question. But when it's a cultural just fuck you like this, I think we can just appreciate it, right? Uh, and I say this to someone who's always like, we need to vet the people we welcome into the movement. If we're going to have this counterculture, this fucking anti-establishment, anti-cathedral movement then we need to make sure the people in it are all on the same page. Mostly. At least when it comes to, like, this is what we want to see going forward. These are the policies that are bad, and these are the very specific core arguments that we do not like against the establishment. Then we should vet the people a little bit more about this. Roseanne isn't running for political office. She isn't organizing any sort of protest, isn't getting, like, a hashtag going or anything like that. Roseanne Barr is just a comedian talking the shit. You know, I I think the comments on uh, on Twitter people are just like just fucking decimating each other over this. Just fucking ba 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 ba. She said this in 2004. Her national anthem performance. Just take the cultural win, and Bill Maher looking fucking dumbfounded, folks. It's not that deep. Let's get into it. Who's that? Bill Maher reveals to Roseanne Barr he's never heard of MK Ultra World Economic Forum. Legendary. Comedian. I, I had to look this up. It's just the term for the female comedian. I've never heard that term before until today. Tells the real-time host, MKUltra is the mind control program you're under, Bill. Published December 4th originally by Chris Carr over here at Scanner News. In a recent wide-ranging conversation with Roseanne Barr, real-time host Bill Maher appears to have never heard of a top-secret CIA project, MKUltra, 
or the World Economic Forum. The exchange occurred during an episode of Club Random with Bill Maher. A podcast where Maher engages in a relaxed conversation with a guest who often have unorthodox political or ideological views. At one point early in the podcast, Barr asks Mar remembers if Mar remembers getting into a fist fight with her at the Playboy Mansion. Quote, you'd think I would remember a thing like that, he says. Quote, we were both drunk and all fucked up, she says. You called me something and I called you something. You remember that, Bill? <clears throat> Sorry. Let's see. Remember that, Bill? Quote, I don't, but I'm not denying it, Mar replies. Barr claims she punched. <laughs> punched Mar in the jaw and he hit her back. Quote, I didn't hit you back, he says. Yes, you- oh, so he does remember. I didn't hit you back. Ah, well, there you go, motherfucker. Yes, you did, Barr fires back. Right in the shoulder. You blocked it out, MK Ultra. Mar laughs and says, who's that? Quote, that's the mind control program you're under, Bill, she replies. Now, we're gonna, we'll watch this clip here in a second. Actually, you know what? Fuck it, let's watch it right now. Zoom this out. No wonder I don't remember this. No shit, you blocked it out, MK Ultra. <laughs> Who's that? That's the mind control program you're under, Bill. MK Ultra. Yeah. So who's but who's Klaus Schwab? The head of the WEF. What's that? <laughs> Google it. <laughs> and he's not going to. He's going to roll his eyes and walk out the show. And the in the tweet here from Carmine Herbert at Call Me Kari on Twitter. That's Call Me underscore Kari. Capital C. How is it possible that Bill Maher has never heard of Klaus Schwab, the WEF, or MKUltra? I'm sure he's heard of MKUltra, but never put much stock into it or believed it and wrote it off when he first probably heard of it. And it's an absolutely real historical fact that MKUltra is real and it's many sub-programs. It's unfortunate that we just remember it as MKUltra when there's hundreds of sketchy subcontracted CIA and FBI operations ran under the banner of MKUltra, like Midnight Climax, Operation Heartbreak Hotel, 411. The list really goes on and on and on. Mockingbird, for example, is under the banner of MKUltra. So that's worth keeping in mind. But Bill Maher probably has people... Like, look, when the writer's strike happened, what happened? All these talk shows went on hiatus and then you had jimmy fallon and some other unfunny assholes make their show on twitter saying all the proceeds can go to the writers and it was the most unwatchable shit and it made like no fucking money why these so-called comedians need writers go fucking figure bill maher probably has his own little writing staff and they don't want to put too much fun shit in there right why would they put spicy stuff in there bill maher comes out there harps on about conservative billionaire bureaucrats and the Koch brothers and standard old a 2008-2015 era talking point that he's been consistently saying the same thing since the 90s with very little change to it whatsoever and it's just the the window has shifted so far one way that bill maher's 
fucking 40-year liberal bullshit is starting to sound a little conservative at this point. It's really just the horseshoe theory come to fruition. That's really all it is at this fucking point with him. And that's why it's so easy to have these cycles with him, and he's going to repeatedly have these fucking cycles. Bill Maher is not a heavy-hitting intellectual. If he went on a show, if you want to do a show like Tim Pool's, hell, man, even like H3H3, Sam Seed, or any of these left-leaning guys would also decimate the fuck out of him, too. Like, hell, man, he gets fucking brain shock when he talks to people like Sam Harris. It's like, really? The broken Jordan Peterson doppelganger from the Bizarro universe stipends you? You know you're fucked. Some of the listeners right now are like, damn, I haven't heard about Sam Harrison forever. I know, right? Quote, are you kidding me? Mar goes on to say, do you really think I'm under my, under mind control? Barr cuts him off and says, I do. Mar, Mar reports by asking if a conspiracy theory bar, if there's a conspiracy theory bar doesn't believe. Quote, I tell the truth, she says. People like you'd always laugh, people like you always laughing at me, then it comes true. And... You never go, oh, I'm sorry I made fun of you, Roseanne. You was right. <laughs> you was right! Kangs and shit, Roseanne. Later in the episode, Barr compares World Economic Forum Chairman Klaus Schwab to Sergeant Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I it's no secret that I, I grew up on a lot of these. You know, I grew up with old fogies for being Gen Z. I was raised with old people. My parents were older when they had me. I'm the youngest of a, I'll say a Catholic amount of siblings, if you know what that means. Big kin, got a football team that I'm the youngest member of. Actually, you know what's funny about that? All my siblings are six foot and up, roughly. Just a little bit over six feet, except for me. I am five foot, and I mark my words here, I promise it, hands on the fucking Bible, hold up. Hand on the Bible. Honor system here, folks. <laughs> I am five foot eight and a half. Ain't that a bitch? So, it's like when you make hamburgers and you have that awkward amount of hamburger left, just enough for like a little slider. I am that slider. However, I grew up watching a lot of these old shows like Hogan's Heroes. So, I have a little fun fact for you after this. Uh, Foundation Chair Klaus Schwab to Sergeant Schultz, a character from the 1960s sitcom Hogan's Heroes. Schultz a, <laughs> is famous for the catchphrase, quote, I see nothing, I hear nothing, I know nothing. Sergeant Schultz is Klaus Schwab, she says. Yeah. Uh, so Hogan from Hogan Heroes was secretly a very flaming homosexual who was absolutely blowing the back out of Mr. Brady. And some people are listening to this are like, yeah, so old news, they're both gay. And some of you listening right now are like, Mr. Brady's gay? Yeah, the actor played Mr. Brady, dude, dude, super duper gay. Don't look into it. Do not look into the service of Mr. Brady. It will ruin your childhood if you grew up in the Brady Bunch like I did. It's Bob Saget, but X-rated, really. It, it is. Anyway, and Hogan Heroes, the Hogan for Hogan Heroes, mwah, yeah, yeah, flaming bro. He was more of a Navy guy, it, it turns out. 
great shows, though. Really great shows. I mean, Brady Bunch is a little corny, and the best thing about the Brady Bunch is that 90s movie that came out, like that adult one. But I like the Brady Bunch, you know. It's corny. It's, you know, it is what it is. Ba-ba-ba. And, you know, right here where she says, people like you'd always laugh at me. Then it comes true, and you never go, oh, I'm sorry, you were right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know people right now who I told them months ago, do not take that vaccine. Wait. Don't just go get it. And they said, no, I'm fine. They went and got it. Some of them have had serious heart issues. There's never that moment of, oh, fuck, I was told not to get this. No, in fact, well, at least one of them has doubled down and maintained getting boosters when they come out or when he's advised to. And the other ones have not gotten any, have not gotten more than their second shot and have never had that moment where they said, you know what? You were right. That was a bad idea. Same thing when I said, hey, you know, you vote for Joe Biden. The economy's going to go to shit. The world's going to go to war again. You're going to see massive destabilization globally and the economy's going to crash. It's going to be like 2008 again. There, even though all that came true and so much more, there has never once been a moment where the people who told me I was crazy for saying that and to just pull, take my replace my red tinfoil hat with a sensible thinking cap as someone specifically listening to the show knows who I'm calling out now. It's a specific quote. It's about what we would call a dog whistle, right? When only one person would know specifically who they're be, who's being talked to. But off the topic here. And now they're quietly being like, you know what? Trump's not so bad. I can support Trump. I kind of like Trump. Hey, look, how many people right now listening to the show know somebody who was like, oh, Trump's, I can never vote for him ever, ba 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 And I was like, you know what? I could vote for him. They never told you that you were right. Hey, how about this? I'm not going to take Trump's vaccine. And then as soon as Biden's in office and the mandate's there, no jab, no job, bigot. Take the vaccine or else. They completely forgot that it was Trump's vaccine, and they never want to talk about that fact. They just roll on by with it. Yeah. This is the this is the caliber of just, no, I'm always right, and I'm going to ret- retroactively take the correct stance in history over the course of time and act as if I've always had that stance and try to act like social media and my pose and my behavior will not be remembered by the people directly around me when, hey, news fucko, Everything about you will be forgetting the time except for the way you treated people directly around you. They're going to remember that shit. And if you're going to be all up your ass about it, you better be correct and able to back your shit up. And uh, I am morally superior than you because the deep state said that I had the power to be morally superior than you. So wear a mask and stay six feet back, fucker. That shit backfires real hard. So, that's the thing. You never let them forget that you were right. You remind them about it. Let's continue on. Ba-ba. Sergeant Schultz is Klaus Schwab, she says. In real life, Mar, that Mar asks. Yeah, she says. But who's Klaus Schwab, he asks. The head of the WEF, Bar, Bar says. What's that? <gasps> Ooh, excuse me, he asks. After a brief pause, Bar says, Google it. We don't deserve the real Roseanne. Mar, yeah, right here, the same clip. No wonder I don't remember this. No shit, you blocked it out, MK Ultra. <laughs> Who's that? That's the mind control program you're under, Bill. MK Ultra? Yeah. So who's but who's Klaus Schwab? The head of the WEF. What's that? 
Google it. Okay, moving on. When Mar asks if that's the bank that controls everything, Barr names the bank of in- the Bank of International Settlements in Switzerland and claims that the bank control all the wars. I mean, it's true. You follow the money. They finance all the wars, she says. Their job is to stir up wars and arm both sides to profit. She adds, check it out. It's on the internet. They make money from wars. Clips of club... And by the way, these are liberal talking points from like the 90s and early 2000s. But now Mars like, no, no, it's good. Clips from Club Random episodes circulated on X lately contribute to the term MKUltra trending with over 2,700 mentions on the platform Monday afternoon. Right here. MKUltra was an illegal human experimentation program ran by the CIA to develop procedures and identify drugs that could be used during interrogations to weaken people and force confessions through brainwashing. And psychological torture, it began in 1953 and was halted in 1973. Allegedly! If you believe that shit actually ended and didn't just go under a a different name, uh, I got a bridge to fucking sell you. Let's continue on. Same clip. Yep, moving on. I just want to point out MKUltra was several decades ago, and the methods have only improved since then. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Kind of touched on the fact that it's still going. Does Roseanne really think Bill Maher is under the influence of MKUltra? That's crazy. Has Bill Maher really never heard of MKUltra, Klaus Schwab, or the WEF? That's much crazier. Yeah, no shit. No wonder I don't remember. Yep, moving on. According to History.com, MKUltra was a top-secret CIA project with the agency conducted hun- where the agency conducted hundreds of clandestine experiments sometimes on unwitting U.S. citizens to... Uh, mostly unwitting uh, U.S. citizens. To access the potential use of LSD and other drugs for mind control, information gathering, and psychological torture. Through Project MKUltra, uh, though Project MKUltra lasted from 1953 until about 1973, details of illicit programs don't didn't become public until 1975. A congressional investigation into widespread illegal CIA activities within the United States government and around the world. Yeah, we Charles uh, uh, Charles Manson was an MKUltra victim, and you look at a lot of bands like the Beach Boys, Pink Floyd, Sid Barrett, all these guys. If you look in their histories. These bands, specifically Sid Barrett, too, and the Beach Boys' connection to uh, Charles Manson. You're going to see a lot of MKUltra strings being pulled. A lot of musicians and people around musicians were CIA plants and or hopped up on drugs because their dealers were CIA operatives. It's a whole big fucking program. If you dig deep enough, there's a very good chance that some of your favorite songs from the 60s and the 70s were written by the federal government and performed by federal federal government plants. Enjoy happy rabbit hole diving. Library of Congress is your friend. But continue on. on. News of Project Ultra first broke in late December of 1974 when Seymour Hersh published a front-page report in the New York Times titled, quote, Huge CIA Operations Reported in the U.S. Against Anti-War Forces, Other Dissidents in Nixon Years. Investigations were subsequently conducted by Rockefeller by the Rockefeller Commission, the Kennedy 
uh, NI Select Committee and the Church Committee. Ooh, we need more. We need another Church Committee this day and age. We really do. Which determined that MK Ultra was responsible for the deaths of at least two U.S. <laughs> Just too right. An excerpt from the book Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the 60s, written by investigative journalist Tom O'Neill, published by The Intercept, offers more information about the two unwitting victims of MKUltra. One was a a psychiatric patient who'd been injected with synthetic mescaline. Oh, derivative. That's rough, bud. Some knockoff PCP in your bloodstream, homie. My condolences. The other was Frank Olson, a military-contracted scientist who'd been unwittingly dosed with LSD at a small agency gathering in the backwoods of Maryland, presided over by longtime CIA poison expert Sidney Gottlieb himself. Yeah, in our Spooktober episode. This year was a weird year for us. We didn't really do a lot of Spooktober stuff. Kind of just archived a couple of the old episodes and re-uploaded them. Uh, 2024 hopefully will be more of a stable year uploading-wise. Between the broken leg, uh, vacation, a pretty decent illness in the beginning of the year, uh, and all of a sudden my schedule getting insanely busy, I just... I'm figuring it out. But I will try to up the ante in the coming year. Trust that. Moving on. Olsen fell into, right here, an irrepressible, or, yep, an irreparable depression afterward, which led him to hurl himself out of a window of a New York City hotel where agents had brought him for treatment. Continued investigation by Olsen's son, Eric, dramatized by Eric Morris in the series Wormwood. Strongly suggests the CIA arranged for the agents to fake his suicide, throwing him out of the window because they feared he would blow the whistle on MKUltra and the military's use of biological weapons in the Korean War. According to O'Neill, no researcher involved with the program was ever federally investigated or encountered legal or encountered legal repercussions. For corrections, please email at corrections at scanner.com. Moving on. Yeah, folks, so what do you think about this? Now, my strong thing is I, I just think Bill Maher is sort of uh He's not really an asset, and he's much more of a hindrance to the conversations. He's so up his ass, he refuses to even see the... He's very much what Ben Shapiro will be in 30 years for the right. Mark my fucking words. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I have been your host, James Madison, and I will smell you later, loser. What's up, guys? I'm making onigiratsu. In need of a quick and delicious snack? Well, look no further, but just remember what happened at McGill University in the 1950s. Starting in 1951, Dr. Donald Hebb, Director of Psychology at McGill University, began secret experiments on behalf of the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency. The goal? To produce methods in psychological coercion. 
Soon, Dr. Hebb made an important discovery. He discovered that you could induce hallucinations and psychosis in a subject in just 48 hours without drugs, hypnosis, or electric shock. To do this, he had student volunteers sit in a comfortable cubicle wearing goggles, gloves, earmuffs, and cardboard tubing on their arms to deprive them of all sensory stimulation. From this, a new form of psychological torture was born, known as sensory deprivation. It would be included in the Kubark Counterintelligence Interrogation Manual published in 1963 and used on U.S. military and CIA prisoners around the world, including to this day. Certainly in that first year in office during the transition, I'd like that. And you know what? If I were in his shoes, I think that, that'd be a pretty good bet, too. That he doesn't have to go through that hell again. Pretty good gig. I mean, it could be a pretty good gig. Let me do the work, and then actually, you know, we'll take some, to use some of that experience. So I, I, think, I, I think that's not a crazy idea. What's your name? Gary. What's your last name? Fox. Gary Fox is a good name, too. Well, you know what? If, that, if, that, if that's what ends up happening, we're going to give Gary Fox the credit for it. Because actually, you know, I, I, the true answer to that question is absolutely. And the titles don't matter. It's a question of who's going to play the role of what moves this country forward to the next level. I think I've got to be leading from the front to really reach that next generation. So I'm going to play my part, and I'm going to ask Trump to play his. And so if he's the nominee, he'll have my full support. I expect to be the nominee, and I expect his full support as well. Vivek Ramaswamy is warned by a former FBI agent that his life is in danger. Check this out. Just be careful. I will. We will. I mean, we're guided by our purpose. I know. I know that it can get ugly. You mean? You mean? Like, yes. Be careful. Be very careful. careful. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do in the bureau? Um, I worked. Uh, I was a SWAT guy, but I worked counterintelligence and uh, counterterrorism, and I was one of those guys that was convinced. No, they were never doing it for that. How many years were you in the FBI? 22. I was a cop before that. Okay, and you, you're worried? Yes. I'm worried. Okay. We just retired. Just what would you do in my shoes? I get some very, very competent help. Okay. And some very competent people do some intelligence work for you before you went places. Okay. Just walk around, talk to people, maybe get a feeling. Okay. Because you know, I played for a living. I had people to tell me what they didn't want to tell me. And the other thing is, I'm now an entrepreneur. I'm trying to follow in your footsteps, but I don't think my worm farm is going to catch up Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. We'll take that seriously, man. I, uh, I, I'm reading between the lines of what you're saying, and we got you. Okay. Thank you. We'll take care of ourselves. And You've seen how aggressive these alphabet organizations yes. have become. They're coming after you. Yeah, no doubt about it, but we're ready. If, okay. We'll be ready. So if you think you're going back into private life, if this doesn't work out, they're coming. Okay. That is actually insane. Think about what that guy just said to him. That his life is in danger because of what? Because this guy spoke out and said that we need to cut these agencies 
out of the government because they're so corrupt. I mean, this goes to prove that. Pretty wild. Well, fuck, that's some spicy news. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. And at the time of recording, this is breaking news. Man arrested after threatening to kill Vivek Ramaswamy at New Hampshire. New Hampshire, of all places. Like I was saying, New Hampshire is a bit of a schizophrenic state. It's like the libertarian mecca of America. Which also means you get a bunch of like weird anarchist, weird socialist types. You get a weird of you get a lot of very fringe pol- politics in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is a very weird fucking state. Now let's get into it. Quote: "Great, another opportunity for me to blow his brains out." He replied, adding that he was quote going to kill everyone who attends and then fuck their corpses. Sounds like a Completely rational. Uh, you know, they sound vaccinated, quite frankly speaking. This person does sound vaccinated. And, hey, FBI guy, hey, 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 this is just me reading quotes from some lunatic. These are not my opinions at all. I actually like Vivek Ramaswamy, and I am not one of those people who are like, he's just a Republican B- Obama. I-, I don't really buy that. I like Vivek. If you want to bring me some evidence that he's like, like, like some hardcore evidence, he's some plant. Sure, I'll, 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 I'm open to see it, but let's get into it. By Jared Yeager. That's a big name. He's a real titan in the industry, if you know what I mean. A man from, Do- from Dover. A man from Dover. New Hampshire has been... A, a man from Dover, New Hampshire, has been arrested after sending texts threatening to kill Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. It's Ramaswamy. I just keep Trump's version of it in my head. At a Monday morning campaign event in nearby Portsmouth. Portsmouth, sorry. Tyler Anderson, 30, was subsequently charged with transmitting in uh, transmitting in interstate commerce a threat to injure the person of another or taken into custody. According to the Department of Justice, Anderson received a text message from Ramaswamy's campaign on December 8th notifying him of the event in Portsmouth. Quote, and this is them saying it, Great, another opportunity for me to blow his brains out, he replied, adding that he, quote, was going to kill everyone who attends and then fuck their corpses. Sounds like uh, some of you hear like a Guar concert for their presidential, dysfun- for the electoral dysfunction uh, concerts they do occasionally every four years, or at least they do it every four, used to do it every four years. Anderson is scheduled to appear in federal court on Monday afternoon. If found guilty, he could face up to five years in prison, three years of supervised release, and a $250,000 fine. God damn, dog! Alright. Quote right here. From from the vague, the underbite Ramaswamy. Let's get into it. Quote, Oh, there's a whole tweet here, so we're going to go right to the tweet itself. Pull it, pull it on up over here on X. Go follow me on X. I got a poll going on X, actually. I'll, I'll uh, pull it up here later on. This is my argument account. All right. I think it takes someone whose best days are still ahead in life to see a nation whose best days are still yet ahead of itself. We don't have to be a nation in decline. We are really just a little young, going through our version of adolescence. Figure out who we're going to be when we grow up. Portsmouth, New Hampshire. He's absolutely right. I've said this before. America is an experiment. We are in our teenage rebellion years. You know, 
We're we're going into our we're, we're in our three hundreds. We're going into our three hundreds. We're rambunctious. We're in the terrible. We're, we're you know we're in the heights of the terrible twos right now in our two hundreds. We're gonna go into the now phase in our threes. You know we're getting there. We're getting there. Let's watch this video. Day outside, and it looks like that in our country at times, but I think our best phase can actually still be happening. I hope so. I hope so. It's not going to happen automatically. Mm -hmm. No. Nope. No, we all do our part. And uh, I'm biased, but I think it might take somebody with fresh legs in the next generation to do this. Uh, enjoy your breakfast. And the only thing I'll say is I know it's a rainy day outside, and it looks like that in our country at times, but I think our best case. He's smooth. He's smooth right here. It's buttering him up. All right. We're going to hop back over here, continuing on. Despite the threat, Ramaswamy went ahead with his visit to the Roundabout Diner. During the event, he mingled with diners as they ate their breakfast, spreading the message that the nation's best days are yet to come. This is a breaking story and will be updated. Yeah, this is wild. But so far, that's all we have to the story so far. And we're going to hop over to his Twitter, see if there's something else there to check out. Yeah, he has not seemingly addressed it at all. Like, it's not even a topic of his conversation right now. So there you go. So if we were to his likes in real time, you can see what's going on here. Actually, for a second, because, again, when it comes out, I, I, think, I think it's good to get... Just Check this out real quick. Yeah. I, I want I want to just respond to Ed actually for a second because again when it comes I want to, I think I think it's good to get a good counter view here. I think that there's two different things going on Ed, and I know what you're I know what you're trying to say, but there's a separate point about your obligations, right? So you can and I believe a lot everything has been said about the importance of expansionism for humanitarian for humanity being pro civilization and expansion pro human race to win. That's like a separate axis though from saying where are your obligations where you are, right? So we talked about procreation and family. Then we talked about the nation. Well, look, I'm, I have two kids. As a father, my moral obligation, I believe, is first and foremost to my family. And then, let's say, as a president, my moral obligation is to the citizens of the nation that I lead. And then you can worry about hunger in the Congo or whatever else needs to happen in the Darfur or, or in other places. And so I don't think that you're saying necessarily that that life charity begins at home. Charity exactly. And that's home. not saying that that life abroad is any less valuable inherently. And so when you say like the globalist view is that all it's saying is that all life is equal wherever it is on earth. It's not like I think the view, an alternative view is countering that. There's also just a separate place in terms of where you're situated. Where's your obligation? Right. Is as a, as a father, it's to your family. As a president, it's to your country. And just because you believe that's the hierarchy of your obligations means somebody else is a leader of one of those other countries. And that's an obligation that they have, too. But that's like a different discussion. Well, the, neoliberals, yep. the neoliberals and their own PR, they're the ones doing the worst things on the earth. They just say, oh, we want global government because we want to give Africa's representation. Then they lock them down for three years and starve 30 million of them to death and then organize them to flood us. As a, as a political underclass. This is cold-blooded Henry Kissinger State Department Memorandum 200. I mean, yeah, it, it got, I, 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 it, 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 it's not black and I white. I think it's two though, different right? conversations. But, but what yeah. is black and... 
Okay. What, what, what I do believe is black and white is simply if you read a history book, you'll see the worst things that humanity have ever done have been do done with good intentions. That's what's so bad about evil acts is that people Welcome think they're hell. doing the right thing. Welcome to hell. And that's yeah. the most dangerous thing yeah, about it. No, for real. And this idea that they look at all human life as sacred and all the same, I actually disagree. I think the reason they will prioritize people in a third world country, for example, you'll say it's because they see us as equal. I think it's because they see us now as spoilt and annoying. They don't like that we need pensions and living space and healthcare. They simply want slaves in a robot class and they'll do anything it takes to get it and they'll get it from anywhere they can and when someone comes along and says but my intentions are good i'm not interested in that because you can name any holocaust or any atrocity in, in history the people didn't think they were the bad guys they often thought they were the, the good guys and i guess the easy way to look at life is you want you want to be having as many children as possible you want to pray other people do the same and you want those people to enjoy freedom and anyone who's coming along restricting speech restricting access to certain things restricting movement restricting all they're doing is trying to restrict so they can control and nobody in a history book ever who did that either was the good guy i think it's very clear to see who's on the right side of history and who isn't and i advocate freedom for everybody if i have disagreed with absolutely everything alex said i'd still be glad he's back on on, on X, and these people can't even handle a different opinion. Do you think they're going to allow the people of a different opinion to them to share water or share food or share anything else? Once they and the reason they don't want another opinion is they want to misrepresent what Elon Musk or Andrew Tate or Vivek Ramaswamy or any of I'm telling you, they want us silenced so they can lie about what we said. I, I agree that with you there. I think that a lot of the media and a lot of these platforms do want to silence voices because they want their voice to be heard louder. So yeah, I, I definitely hear you there. <laughs> Visit infowars.com forward slash show and share the link today. All right. And there's nothing else coming up or being mentioned about the attack on his Twitter. So that being said, this is where we're at with the news so far on the story. And I'll talk to you all later. I leave my blow in the truck every time, just on principle. I mean, they got dogs in there and everything. So, <laughs> and I think most people do because it's the White House. And so, you know, I've been sober for 21 years, but, you know, I have used drugs and I know the paranoia that accompanies the use of illegal drugs. And no normal cocaine user, whether chronic or habitual or, or casual, would ever think to bring cocaine into the White House because that's a no-no. I don't care how high you are. I'm not doing that. And so clearly it's someone who lives or works there who's so familiar with it that the, you know, kind of the fear 
of being around Secret Service and dogs, they got a lot of dogs at the White House, uh, isn't is 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 not at all a motivator. So like, you know, it's someone from the family, obviously, and you've got a couple of heavy drug users users in the family. I, I feel sad for the family. A lot of families have heavy drug. I'm not attacking the Bidens, by the way. I feel sorry for them, but but uh, you know, Ashley Biden has had a publicly documented struggle with substance abuse, and of course Hunter as well. So, um, but what's amazing to me, so you sort of feel bad for anybody who's like got to get high so bad they're bringing cocaine into the White House. But on the other hand, it's like, stop lying to me. But the whole thing is a lie. The presidency is a lie. The guy's senile. His press secretary can barely speak English. She's like a functional moron. How does she have a driver's license? Like the whole thing. Toria Newland is undersecretary of state, the person who helped start the Iraq war. It's, it's like it's a grotesque painting. It's, it's honestly, it's like a Salvador Dali portrait of, of government. It's like insane. It's like the least competent, the most malicious, the least accomplished, and the most personally damaged people are running everything. There's got to be a name for that, government by freaks. At the Tucker Carlson Network, can you please tell everyone about well, the Tucker Carlson Network? Well, basically, it started on X. So I got, um, you know, unemployed again, not for the first time in April. And um, and I was sort of, you know, I'm not that old and I have a lot of opinions and I was sort of wondering what to do. And about an hour after that happened, Elon called me and said, you know, you should just bring the whole the whole operation to to X, not for pay, but just, you know, use it like anyone else would, uh, you know, with the guarantee that he's made to everyone that this is not going to be governed by censorship. And you can say what you think as long as you're not committing a crime. And so that really just saved me. It, it saved me because other, I mean, I don't know if you've been fired before, but there's usually this happened to me a couple of firings ago where there's this moment where you're like, well, I guess I'll just go fishing. You know what I mean? Or something else that's not healthy and you lose your momentum. And then you're like, what am I doing with my life? And because of that, because of this, of this venue, this platform, I was able to keep working like within days. So I'm just grateful for that. And, but it dawned on us at a certain point that, you know, you can't, if you're going to hire a bunch of people and we brought almost everybody from our show at Fox along. So they're all still here. I'm working with the same people I've worked with for years. Um, you know, you need revenue. And if you're going to send people out to go cover stories or make documentaries, you need to pay them. And how do you do that? Well, you do it with advertising, but if you do it with advertising, then you're subject to the whims of the advertisers and they always want to hem you in in some way or tell you what they think, or they'll, you know, pull their ads or they'll be bullied by some AstroTurf boycott operation or media matters will get involved and call you a Nazi. And then the next thing you know, your company shuts down. So you really have to find, at least if you're me, another form of revenue. And the most obvious is subscription because you're, you're invulnerable. Like you can't, it's a fortress. They, they can't dick with you at that point. And that's of paramount importance to me because I've been dicked with a lot. So basically we're doing what we've always done, but from within the fortress of a company that can't be canceled. And um, so that's what we're doing. That must feel incredible. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I am, of course, your host, Anthony Fauci. Doug Carlson launches TCN, streaming service, Facts in Honesty Every Day, article by Chris Bertman from SCNR News, published December 11th of 2023. Continue on. 
Former Fox News host Tucker Carlson is launching a new streaming service. The broadcaster announced the launch of Tucker Carlson Network, TCN, in a Sunday ex-post. Carlson noted he has been officially out of Fox News since April, joking, quote, time flies when you're unemployed. Quote, we have been working in secret to produce an awful lot of materials for the month now, Carlson said, adding, all of the interviews and other material recorded would be available on his website. We're launching a brand new thing very soon, and we'd love for you to see it, he concluded. In another video on TCN's website, Carlson warned, quote, something big is coming in the next year. An economic meltdown. An unresolved presidential race. Ooh! Unprecedented global migration, Carlson said. Entire populations moving from continent to continent. Uh, Metazizing foreign wars and chaos. Carlson reiterated, everything seems at stake. Control of the world and of your soul. He summarized... He summarized and asked how viewers would respond to national respond to national and global catastrophes quote your first step is knowing what's actually happening he said though conceded uh, deciphering between the truth and a lie is a difficult task there is so much more so much deception big media companies won't help carlson continued quote their job is to manipulate you the government, please. What was the last time you believed what they said? Carlson noted public trust in government had declined after the COVID-19 pandemic. Quote, We've been thinking a lot about all of this over the past eight months, he said. Adding that he and his team traveled to various countries around the world to see what America looks like from far away. Which is why I talk about reading art- articles from different countries. It's important to see what the world's saying. Quote, we decided that we need something new, something relentless, something honest, that the corporate gatekeepers can't touch. He continued, so we build a company that's called Tucker Carlson Network. Not the Tucker Carlson Network, just Tucker Carlson Network. Carlson said some content from his new site had been featured on X, where he's hosted Tucker on X since his ousting from Fox News. The TCN host said viewers could expect more of the work Carlson has shared to his ex-account for this year. Quote, facts and honesty every day, Carlson assured. TCN will offer $9 monthly subscriptions along with discounted $6 per month subscription billed annually. Programs hosted by TCN include the Tucker Carlson Encounter, Tucker Carlson Uncensored, the Tucker Carlson Interview, Tucker Carlson Shorts, Ask Tucker After the Tucker Carlson Interview, Tucker Carlson Sworn Enemy Tour, ooh, and Tucker Carlson Films. Carlson has hosted several successful interviews with prominent politicians, including former President Donald Trump and newly elected Argentinian President Javier Malay. This is exciting fucking news. Now let's watch the video. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. We've been out of work for seven or eight months now. Hard to know. Time flies when you're unemployed. But actually, we have been working in secret and producing an awful lot of material for months now. Interviews, etc. And all of it has now found its way to TuckerCarlson.com. We're launching a brand new thing very soon. 
um, and we'd love for you to see it. So go to TuckerCarlson.com to see it first. All right. Now let's hop over to his ex and see the other thing you posted about this real quick. They told you the guys torching Wendy's in 2020 were mostly peaceful. They said that masks worked. They told you the vax was safe. They've tried to convince you that Russia blew up its own pipeline. The corporate media lied too much, and it killed them. We're driving to see Joy Nassan. Believe me when I wait, tell wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. I should be boycotting Bud Light. Fantastic job. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. All right. Good. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. Something big is coming. You can probably feel it. Everybody can feel it. The next 12 months is going to be a wild time, probably like nothing any of us has ever seen. An economic meltdown, an unresolvable presidential race, unprecedented global migration, entire populations moving from continent to continent, metastasizing foreign wars, chaos. Suddenly, everything seems at stake, control of the world and of your soul. How are you going to respond to all of this? The first step is knowing what's actually happening. That's not easy. Who's an ally? Who's an enemy? You can't always tell. What's true and what's a lie? Sometimes it's hard to know. There's so much deception. Big media companies won't help. Their job is to manipulate you. The government? Please. When was the last time you believed a word they said? Probably before COVID. We've been thinking a lot about all of this for the past eight months. We've traveled to various countries around the world to see what America looks like from far away. Sometimes distance gives you perspective. We've decided that we need something new, something relentlessly honest that the corporate gatekeepers can't touch. So we built a company called Tucker Carlson Network. We'll be rolling it out starting now. You may have already seen some of our content on X. Expect a lot more of that. Interviews, documentaries, analysis, facts and honesty every day. We've got a lot of good people working on this, and we think it's going to make a difference. You can head to TuckerCarlson.com to learn more. We hope you will. Thanks. All right. Exciting things ahead. We've got the Dana White interview here. Looks like he's got a lot of nice things coming out soon. All right. Seven or eight months now. Hard to know. Time flies when you're unemployed. But actually, we have been working. That's what we just watched. So... That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. Everybody knows James Madison, and we look forward to seeing the future of Tucker Carlson here on the show. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. Two of the guys torching Wendy's in 2020 were mostly peaceful. They said that masks worked. They told you the vax was safe. They tried to convince you that Russia blew up its own pipeline. The corporate media lied too much. And it killed them. We're driving to see Julian Assange. Believe me when I wait, tell wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. I should be boycotting Bud Light. Fantastic job. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> oh, that was amazing.
thought it was all over. Uh.